and welcome to Devotions on the Psalms, Israel's Songbook, a podcast by Christ Lutheran Church in Brea, California. Today our focus is Psalm 53. Here's Pastor Pat Hauser. A wonderful Wednesday to you, Pastor Pat, joining you for our Wednesday Psalm devotion. Today it's my blessing to share with you a devotion on Psalm 53, another psalm of David. And once I read it, it might seem a bit familiar to you, but we'll talk about that after we open up in a word of prayer. Let's do that now. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for all gifts that you give us, Lord. We thank you for this beautiful fall day, this fall weather that you've been blessing us with. We thank you for the life-giving rain, for the snow on the mountains nearby. We pray that you would bless our time of study now as we dig into your word into Psalm 53, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us understand it, that it would take root within our hearts, that it would captivate our minds, and that we would put it to use in our lives, Lord. Bless our time of reflection now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and start out by reading Psalm 53 to you. It is a psalm of David, and the superscription of the psalm or the the title of it uh, in my translation is there is none who does good and the superscription says to the choir master according to Mahalath a maskil of David and a maskil was a musical or a liturgical term and I found this very interesting a Mahalath is a tune that is sorrowful It's a melody of sorrow. And I think once I read Psalm 53 to you, you'll have an understanding of the sorrowful nature of this Psalm of David. David writes, The fool says in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Have those who work evil no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God? There they are, in great terror, where there is no terror. For God scatters the bones of him who encamps against you. You put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. Now, if this psalm sounds familiar to you, there's pretty good reason why. The first reason is, is it is nearly identical to Psalm 14. Now, I noticed as I looked back that I had actually delivered the devotion on Psalm 14 as well. But I'm going to try not to look too much back at my notes because as you might recognize in your reading of scripture, in many cases, you can read the same passage at different points in your life and the Holy Spirit communicates it to you in a slightly different way. So I didn't want to rely too heavily on my previous work on Psalm 14 in developing the message I had to share with you this devotion today. One big difference between the two Psalms is what term, what Hebrew term is used for God. 
As was commonly the case in Book 1 of the Psalms, the word used for God was Yahweh, whereas in Book 2 of the Psalms, which Psalm 53 is included within, the more generic and familiar Elohim is used for the name of God. So that is more a, a translational uh, issue than it is David using a different name of God. We just frequently see in book two of the Psalms, Elohim used as opposed to Yahweh. So that's one reason this Psalm sounds familiar is because it's almost identical with Psalm 14. Another reason is, is that Paul quotes this text heavily, word for word, in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. Paul relies heavily upon this psalm in his letter to the Romans. But at the very heart of it, it would only be a fool who says in their heart that there is no God, and it would be a fool who lives this life as if there is no God, and David is writing about these people that have fallen away and become corrupt, none of whom does good. They eat up David's people as they eat bread and they don't call upon God. Friends, our world is full of people like those that David writes about. He writes about the foolish unbeliever who refuses to seek after God. Paul wrote that very thing in his letter to the Romans. So how do we seek after God? Well, unbelievers don't seek God. Believers do. Believers seek out God in several different ways. Three come to mind immediately. One way that the believer seeks out God is through prayer. Our prayerful petitions lifted to our Heavenly Father are one means of seeking out his will for our lives. Another way that we seek out God is through corporate worship. We seek out God through the community of believers that gather in his name to celebrate word and sacrament. And I just got uh, done yesterday. I'm recording this on Monday. I got done preaching yesterday, administering Holy Communion, and then performing a baptism in the afternoon. What an incredible blessing it is for us to join together as God's people and seek him out in worship. And that's what we do in worship. We seek him out through word and sacrament. And we are so blessed here to have such a vibrant ministry and a flock gathered here that seeks after God in that way. The third way the believer seeks after God is through study of his word. Punching your ticket on Sunday for an hour and joining us in worship and listening to a 15 or a 20 minute message. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. But that's like eating one meal a week. That's not enough to subsist on. We have to subsist on God's word. We seek God out through prayer, through worship, and through his word. As believers, we do that. Now, when David writes, there is none who does good, that includes us. It doesn't just include unbelievers who fail to do good. It is us, we, followers of Christ, 
who fail to do good. Doing good in God's sight is keeping his law to perfection. In the book of Isaiah, it says, even the best of our works are as filthy rags before the Lord. We don't do good. We can try, we can posture, we can do our best, but it's not good. And that's where the end of this psalm really comes into play. Verse 6. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice, let Israel be glad. Friends, guess what? Salvation has come out of Zion in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That is the salvation that David was longing for throughout the book of Psalms. That salvation was one that came from his line, a son of David, from the line of David. The salvation that came out of Zion was Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus restores the fortunes, not just of God's chosen people, Israel, but he restores the fortunes of all people, that all who would come to a saving faith in him will be saved. Jesus Christ is the salvation that comes out of Zion and the restoration that we have through him, through his sacrificial death and resurrection, that puts us back into right relationship with our heavenly father. It reconciles us with him. That reconciliation means that we're back in right relationship with him. Not because of anything we do. We know that David tells us as well as all prophets and everything that we read in the pages of scripture that it is impossible for us to do the good that God requires. Thank God for the restorative work of Jesus Christ, the salvation that rose out of Zion, God's only begotten son sent to restore mankind into right relationship with our heavenly father. So yes, while this Psalm is one that is set to a melody of sorrow. We know how the story ends. David died waiting for the promised Messiah. And that very Messiah came from David's line. That very Messiah is Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. So while the tune is a melody of sorrow, the story ends in triumph because of Jesus's work for you and for me. Friends, it's my prayer that this devotion has been a blessing to you. Maybe we see Psalm 14 and Psalm 53 through slightly different eyes today than when we recorded that previous devotion. Either way, we know how the story ends. Christ is victorious for us. And that's the gospel, friends. Looking forward to seeing you next time. God's blessings to you on your day and the rest of your week. His peace be with you. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, follow Christ Bray on all social media outlets and visit ChristBray.org.